0: The Boston Celtics lose Marcus Smart and a game to the Lakers. I'm going to talk about J.J. Redick rumors and a closer look at Tristan Thompson on this Monday locked on Celtics. Millie, let's go. Reigning Jays back with the vengeance. back All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Wherever it is that you're going, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're sitting here in a massive snowstorm or preparing for one, I hope that maybe while you're shoveling, you put on this podcast to brighten up what's going to be a difficult couple of days in the Northeast. But wherever you are, thanks for making this show the number one Boston Celtics podcast In the world, I'm John Corrales, I cover the Boston Celtics, I host this show, and I'm the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book that is now available everywhere you get books. In this show, it's sort of a post-game podcast because I didn't do one after the Saturday night loss to the LA Lakers, 96-95, tough one there. I'm going to talk about the good, I'm going to talk about the bad. I'm going to get a, a little bit closer uh a little bit closer look at Tristan Thompson. I'm also going to address the JJ Redick rumors that that popped up this weekend and Marcus Smart's calf strain this entire episode. Is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Let's start with Marcus Smart. Let's get this out of the way because that injury did not look good. Everyone feared the worst because it was a non-contact injury. Really? I didn't see a lot of contact on that play. He went down. He held on to that left uh, calf. There was a little bit of that fear of, is this an Achilles injury? How bad is this? This doesn't look great. He was helped off of the floor, did not put any weight on that left leg. It turns out it's a grade one strain. You're going to see some technical jargon about what particular part of the calf was injured. And you're going to see a grade one tear. A strain is a tear. When you pull a muscle, when you pull a hamstring, when you pull a something, that's a slight tear fibers, tear in that situation and they need to be repaired. So that's what that's called. Okay. So it is a grade one strain of the left calf. He's going to be gone for two to three weeks that's the best case scenario for that type of injury, and that's great. The bad news is two to three weeks in this February schedule means up to possibly 11 games if he's out for the full three weeks because after this initial three-game three, three game week on the, the first leg of this uh, road trip, the first few games of this road trip, they play four games a week for the next three weeks in February. So Marcus Smart down for... Possibly 11 games, which three weeks is not a long time, but it's a lot of games to miss. But I'm just going to say, good news, it could have been worse. This is the second major injury bullet that the Celtics have dodged between him and Peyton Pritchard. I'm very happy to not have any more bullets to dodge. Please, thank you very much. Smart's going to be okay. That's fine. So again, the Celtics lost 96-95. There was a good game The Celtics didn't get much of a flow, but look, they defended a lot better. They had obvious mistakes, but the Lakers are good. They're the defending champs. They're the favorites to be the champs again. They had LeBron and Anthony Davis on the floor. They're not going to play a perfect game. Anthony Davis did go and get too many offensive rebounds early, but they kind of corrected that. LeBron's going to do LeBron things, Davis is going to do Davis things, and guys around them are going to be better because of the attention. That they, they draw. So, sure. Some of the bad things I'm going to talk about are just a function of you're playing the Lakers. And that's going to happen. You're going to have bad stretches against the best team in the NBA. But, all in all, I'm not frustrated by this game. You can. There are th- things that I'm going to talk about in the second segment that certainly could have changed the dynamic. And maybe could have led to a win. But... By and large, I thought the Celtics played better than they did in their two recent losses. So that's good. That's positive. It's it's not great in the standings, but I, I don't come out of this game going, "Damn it! What is wrong with this team?" I thought this is these are two teams that are good, and the Celtics played the Lakers very tightly. Not you, you know, it's, it's a game they just lost. Okay. In the good column, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are very much part of the good column. They combined for 58 points on, was it 25 of 37 shooting? Jalen Brown, 28 points, 13 of 19, 68.5%. Two of four from three. Three assists, a steal, a block, a couple of turnovers. Jason Tatum, 12 of 18 from the field, 30 points, game high 30 points. 66.7% shooting, two of three from three. Four of six from the line, nine rebounds, three assists, two steals. He did have four turnovers, but really the different. They they basically put the the same stat line. If Jalen Brown didn't take one of his three pointers, one of the ones that he missed, they would have had the exact same shooting numbers minus the free throws. So, what more can you say? Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum have arrived, and if anybody out there doesn't want to believe it. If anybody out there still isn't buying it for some reason, like it's still like they're they're here, right? These are the Celtics' two stars. And I think at this point we can buy the stock. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are two massive building blocks. They are franchise cornerstones, Okay? Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are franchise cornerstones. The only question with these two is, are they good enough, or will they become good enough, to be the only two stars that this team needs in a LeBron AD sense? Now, they're not LeBron and AD. Those guys are like top five players, maybe top three players in the NBA. Now, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aren't there yet. They may never be there, but... That doesn't mean that they aren't good enough to be the two stars that carry this team. And now you wonder, like, okay, is Kemba, how's Kemba going to adjust his game? I'll talk about Kemba in the second segment because he did not have a good game. <laughs> One of 12, that was not a good game. Uh, wasn't as bad, though, but I'll talk about it later. Uh, the question now is, what what pieces fit best around Brown and Tatum? What do you do around Brown and Tatum to take advantage of what they're doing and frankly, the better that they play, it might raise the urgency to start use like use that t p e let's start bringing in some some guys around these two. This is the time to maximize these guys. You can't start wasting seasons like these guys are having. you know so they had a a great great performance uh Jalen Brown, especially in the third quarter, 11 points on five of seven shooting in that third quarter. They turned a three-point deficit into a seven-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Jalen Brown was just awesome. Um, the Celtics, they have their two guys. Can you find a third guy? Can you trade for a third guy? Can you upgrade the, the supporting cast to a point where you don't need a third star, but the, the supporting cast is just so good that they can they can take advantage of... I'm looking at Brooklyn, really, for the three-star model. They just lost to Washington 149-146. Go look at that game and see the madness that Washington was like down five with six seconds to go and they ended up winning this game. But if the Celtics, sure, they don't have the high-level talent like Durant and Harden and Kyrie, but Brown and Tatum... Pretty damn good. Kimball Walker, pretty good. Ultimately, I think he'll be fine. But if you bring in with that TPE someone, I keep looking at Aaron Gordon, someone that can help really be a high-level role player uh, and with the guys that you already have, can you build a team with the depth to take advantage of what Brooklyn sacrificed? That's what we're looking at here. That's, that's just an ongoing conversation for the rest of the season until Danny Inch uses that traded player exception. Moving on, the rest of the good here. Daniel Tice, another good game. 14 points, 5 of 11 shooting, 2 for 3 from 3. He is figuring out his offense. This is a super important development. This changes a lot of the conversation when it comes to the centers because two weeks ago, we were not having this conversation about Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice now... With this level of performance, now he's not going to hit two of every three three pointers that he takes. That's gonna be ridiculous. But he's finding his rhythm, he's finding his comfort level. In the first quarter, he carried the Celtics offense by hitting some of those overflow shots, those driving kicks, the pick and rolls, the you know, just being in the right place in the right time. That's the Daniel Tice. Like this Daniel Tice now, this is the starting center. This is the guy. Because he had some good defense, he had a block on Anthony Davis. He had a steal. He had. He, I think he was just generally a good player in this game. Now, he still fouls. Obviously, that's going to be an issue, uh, although he only had one in this game. But it's, it's interesting to see how this center dynamic is working out because Robert Williams, a perfect 5-for-5 five five from the field in this one. 10 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Just a phenomenal stat line there. Robert Williams... And, and they're playing Rob and Daniel Tice together, which really uh, is, is working. The two big lineup is actually kind of working out, but it's just Robert Williams and Daniel Tice. And I think it's because Robert Williams is just more active. He's quicker in and out of his screens. I think he's just more familiar. And this will play into what I'm talking about in the third segment. So right now, Robert Williams... Just I think the familiarity, the understanding, I think he, he and it also, frankly, his athleticism. Because a lot of this is guys just knowing, hey, I'm looking for Rob and I'm putting him in position to go and attack and, and, and catch these lobs. Uh and there were a couple of his baskets where he was just forgotten and he just happened to catch he he cut an air ball and put it up. He was in the dunker spot and he rolled up and he, and he put back an offensive rebound like that, that type of stuff. Uh, but he's, he's active and he's making fewer mistakes. Now the mistakes that he makes are spectacular mistakes. The rebound was the a blocked shot and then an outlet pass that got stolen and then a foul. So he didn't make a ton of mistakes, but the mistakes that he makes are just glaring, <laughs> spectacular failures Uh, those are fewer and further between, but Robert Williams clearly has, has emerged and is, is playing probably as your second best center right now. Uh, And then one other thing before I wrap up this segment, Shemi Ojale's defense, I think there was a stretch there. The Celtics got down 10. They call a timeout. Shemi Ojale played maybe the best defense I've seen him play ever. He guarded LeBron. He guarded Anthony Davis he didn't back down. He stood his ground. He forced turnovers. He was part of a very amazingly good defensive stretch against those two guys. Really was just, that's like textbook stuff from Shemi Ojale. Had to make sure that Shemi got the shot out there because that part of the game, that was, it was getting away from the Celtics. Down 10. It was their biggest deficit of the game. And His defense was the number one reason why the Celtics got stops and were able to get back into this game. Up next, the bad involving Kemba Walker uh, and some other things that really shaped the outcome of this game. This episode is brought to you by 1010. You may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with ten ten. It's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. You know I've got everything Celtics covered here on the Locked On Celtics podcast, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. With the Locked On Today podcast, it's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Moving on to the bad from the Clippers game. I think the first thing that stands out to me is they're just not crisp yet. The Celtics are still in a player kind of integration phase of of this. I think that as I talk about Tristan Thompson in the next segment, you're going to see the Celtics are still... Not there yet. Uh, And it's because Kemba just got back. And when he got back, Tatum was out. And now this is their first opportunity to have all three together. And now Marcus Smart's going to be out for three weeks. The Celtics went too big. The Celtics went one big. There's so many different lineups here. It's so difficult. There's no practice time. It's just tough. So when I watch this game, I just see... Things like a late Jason Tatum turnover. Daniel Tice looked like he's cutting down the center of the lane. And Tatum throws the pass, but Tice is really just relocating and he's not looking for the pass. And it goes right into the hands for the Lakers for a run out. That is not crisp. Those are two guys that played together. And that's the sign of a team that... It's it's not fully together yet. And a lot of these a lot of these guys did play together, but there's enough different. Like you take away Gordon Hayward, and that that's a big part of the Celtics offense and defense. And frankly, the Celtics do miss Gordon Hayward. He wasn't gonna play the role that he played last year. He was—he just wasn't going to do that, and he's doing well in in Charlotte. But now the Celtics have to kind of rethink certain things, um, and so this is part of the Christmas crispness that I'm talking about. The Lakers went on a 25-11 run. The Celtics had seven turnovers there. Okay, that was m- almost matching their entire turnovers in the first three quarters. I'm just going to side note, say Jeff Teague was on the floor for a lot of this. Just going to leave that out there, whatever. But on top of that, in this bad was just Jalen Brown missing two late free throws. That's in a situation where the Celtics really needed those points. Missing those two free throws was rough. And the two tip-ins Of Lakers baskets, one by Robert Williams, one by Daniel Tice. You you don't know, you may never see that in an entire season from a team. To see it twice in one game is one of the biggest aberrations you're going to see. How does that happen? That's, but that, that, I don't know, it's a weird thing, but that's again, the Celtics just lack of execution, lack of crispness, the, those, both of those plays really neither needed to happen. It's not like they were fighting for rebounds and it just inadvertently got tipped in. They were like, they both should have gotten that ball. Okay? You lose by one, that's four points. That kind of sucks. Okay, the other big thing. The big thing, I know you're waiting, a lot of people are waiting for me to talk about Kemba Walker's shooting. I'll be honest with you. Every shot that he took, I thought was fine. I, there, there wasn't one that I thought was forced. Now, there were a few. Kemba is really good, or has been really good, at quick jumping a big. And so, he drives. The big is trying to time him. So, Jalen, I mean, uh, Kemba, turns a corner on a pick and roll. The big rolls with him. And now he's got a big guy on him. So Kemba has generally been pretty good at keeping that guy off balance. A lot of times it's dropping a shoulder, kind of getting a little separation, using his momentum against him. It's the small guard technique. I talk about it a lot with Isaiah Thomas when he was playing. It's the small guard, get that shoulder down into the lower, kind of midsection part of a big where it's going to, naturally add to his momentum. He keeps going. You stop. You go up. He's good at that. He's also really good at quick jumping, which is you're driving down the right side of the floor. Okay, You're going down the right side of the lane. Normally, you go right step, left step, up. What Kemba is good at is right step jumping, the quick jump, instead of taking that left step, he just goes off that first foot, And getting that shot up just a a half second ahead of what the big is expecting. Because every big is expecting one step, two step, go. And you can kind of time it. Step, step, jump. I'm going to jump too. And if he doesn't loft it up over my hand, I'm going to block it. But Kemba's not quick jumping. He's still A lot of these times he's still taking the two steps and it's getting blocked. He has to get back to getting those guys off balance and quick jumping them. And I think that's part of the the layup problems that he's having and he's not getting the free throws. So that's that's a I think that's just something that Kemba's going to get back to. I think part of everything that he did admit after the game that he's kind of he was kind of in his own head in this game. And that's Hey, that's going to happen. I hate to say it, and and obviously you don't want it. That's going to happen sometimes. Even the most confident guy. Even the the guy who's like, I know that next shot is going in. That's still a guy that sometimes has a question about, you know, is this next shot going to go in? And as the misses rack up, you... when you're shooting one for 12 and and each shot misses and, and you're the game is close and you're just like, man, I just need to hit one of these. Come on, baby. One. Those are the ones that just don't fall because there's nothing natural about it. You know, sometimes it's weird. These guys in those positions, like, it might have been better for Kemba to get like An end of shot clock possession. Just the clock, three, two, one. Like at two, give it to Kemba. So he doesn't have to think. Just, oh crap, boom, boom, shoot. You ever notice that sometimes those are the shots that go in for guys that are struggling? Because they're not in their own head. It's, you look at the clock, you say, oh shit, boom, I gotta, and then the muscle memory takes over. That's. I almost wish that Kemba had a couple more of those opportunities. You can't script that. You can't ask for that. You can't say, hey, you can't be Brad Stevens and ask a guy like, hey, give it to Kemba like with two seconds left on the clock, see what he does. It's just a freak thing, but sometimes those freak things get guys going because like Kemba said, he's in his own head. But I'm not worried about Kemba shooting. The, the shooting, first of all, he he's never had a hugely great shooting percentage he does make his his money by getting to the line and finishing those around the rim. So I think he'll get back to himself. I still think he's moving well. I still think he's he's doing a lot of the same Kemba things. Uh, we haven't seen that change of direction yet, really, but I think we're getting there. I think Kemba, Kemba also needs time. One last bad thing, and I just don't know how this is this is a thing. End of the first half, LeBron James is at the free throw line. 7.1 seconds on the clock. Free throw goes in. And... 1 1.3 seconds run off the clock. For no reason. Why? They mentioned it on the broadcast. A few of us tweeted it out. The league didn't acknowledge it. And look... I'm not saying it would have mattered. It's 1.3 seconds. But it sure felt like Jason Tatum was operating like he, he thought he had an extra second on the clock. And you know what? Maybe maybe that 1.3 seconds is the difference between winning and losing this game. I'm not going to say that it is, but you don't know what happens with an extra second on the clock in that situation. My point is, why isn't the league acknowledging that 1.3 seconds ran off that clock? There was an error. They They should account for that. Not like, I I hope nobody latches onto that. Like I'm saying, that's that's a thing that affected the game materially. It didn't, but in a one point game with one point three seconds, you know, I I just don't I just don't know what would have happened with those one point three seconds on the clock. And that kind of error is is problematic. All right, up next, JJ Redick rumors and Tristan Thompson. People are talking a lot about Tristan Thompson. I took a very close look at it. I'm going to tell you what I saw next. Are you ready for the Super Bowl? Super Bowl is coming quickly, and there are all sorts of things to bet on in the Super Bowl. It's a fun thing to bet on. If you've got a couple extra bucks and you're so inclined, go to betonline.ag. It's the one place that has you covered. It's the one place that we trust here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Sign up today. For a free account at betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On. you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you're not betting on football, you can bet on basketball, obviously the NBA. Uh, you can bet on sports around the world. There's all, all kinds of things, and in-game stuff too. There's in-game stuff too that you can bet on. So if you're watching the first half, you can go on to betonline.ag, check out the second half stuff. And maybe there's something there that you want to bet on as well. So don't sit on the sidelines, get into the action, and use the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Please gamble responsibly, bet online your online sports book experts. If I could put odds on you loving a built bar, they would be very good because I can almost guarantee you're gonna love a built bar. Not everybody loves them, but a lot of you are going to, for sure they've got 18 flavors if you're allergic to nuts no problem plenty of options for you too they're covered in chocolate they're soft and easy to chew just like a candy bar seriously but look at these flavor profiles like if you're into coconut almond 18 grams of protein 180 calories 5 grams of sugar 5 net carbs cookies and cream 17 grams of protein 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 net carbs there's all sorts of these things go on to builtbar.com check the nutrition value also check out all the other crazy products that they've got there. They've got these Built Puffs. They're like almost, I think they're like uh, Rice Krispie Treat type of things. Uh, there's their powders, immunity boosting powers, uh, energy boosting of powders. Uh, so go to BuiltBar.com check it out. If you want to try one thing if you're not sure, if you're like, oh John's just trying to say this because they're paying him to say it. No problem. Go check it out. I buy these with my own money. So Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code locked on, you're gonna get 20% off your next order. Even if it's just one box. But here's the best part: check out the box. Go and get one of those mixed flavor things. Buy one box. If you don't like it, you only, you only bought one. But I'm telling you, when you when you find three or four flavors that you do like and you wanna go buy three or four boxes, use that promo code again. It'll work. Promo code locked on for 20% off at Biltbar.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at lo Celtics on Twitter and at Celtics on Instagram. You should be subscribed to the Rejecting the Screen podcast, especially right now because Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov have a great two-part special podcast series about Kobe Bryant's life and career. You're going to hear stories from teammates, opponents, coaches, journalists, Stories that you haven't really heard anywhere, so you got to make sure you're getting both parts by subscribing to Rejecting the Screen and check that feed out right after you're done listening to this Locked On Celtics podcast. A uh, one little rumor that kind of floated out there from the Athletic that the New Orleans Pelicans uh, are focused on the 76ers, Nets, and Celtics as possible trade destinations for JJ Redick. So. It's an interesting thing because he's he lives in Brooklyn, so obviously the Nets would be a a potential uh, landing spot for him. There's video out there of his wife saying I want you to play for Brooklyn and it's time for you to kind of take one for the team and, and play where we would like you to play. But that was from a couple years ago. So obviously he played in Philly and then New Orleans. So it's still to be determined, but yeah, they still have their house in Brooklyn, and they they want to, I'm sure they, they would like that. But Philly, I'm sure, is interested. The Celtics could be interested too. What would it take to get uh, J.J. Redick? Well, there are a couple of options. Obviously, they could use the traded player exception. That would be $13 million. And they can't use the other traded player exceptions they can't use if they're going to go with exceptions. The the Hayward one would be how they use it, and that's thirteen million, which would leave uh, another fifteen and a half million basically left over to use on another player. This is not ideal for me. This is not my ideal scenario. I don't think using the that much money. On a 36 year old shooter who's on the tail end of his contract, who could retire or still like sign somewhere else, sign with Brooklyn for the minimum next year, like that type of that's not the best use of that traded player exception. Um, so the other thing the Celtics can do is try to match salaries, and how can they match salaries? Well, one way to do it, the easiest way to do it is you send Tristan Thompson and a young player. So you say, hey, look, who are you guys interested in? You want to give Carson Edwards a look? You want to give uh, Romeo Lankford a look? They can do that. I don't know if the Celtics are going to do that. But basically, you know, Shemi Ogilvy, maybe Shemi can fit a role. Uh, I don't even like that necessarily. But, my point is, you can get up to around the ten million dollars necessary to match the salaries under the rules by sending Tristan Thompson out um, and and that could that could solve a problem at the center spot and could solve some things the the Celtics are looking for however i, I i'm not really that big on that move either now redick not having the best season. Right now, but I think in this scenario, he'd probably be a little bit better. The money is a little bit much. The money is a bit much, and it's going to cost you something. I mean, are they willing to give up on Neesmith? This is a a a very win now move. One of these one of these young guys, they you know, it's certainly not going to be Pritchard, um, unless unless they are somehow saying like. I don't know Javante Green. Maybe they can save a little bit of money by waiving Javante Green after trading for him. Maybe New Orleans would be interested in that. But you can tell from my hemming and hawing, this is not a this is not a deal that's easy. That that makes me feel good because he's 36. Because it could be potentially a one year rental, and because it would cost you Tristan Thompson. Now, I don't know how this is going to work out, but. Tristan Thompson, I still think the Celtics are going to need him. And so I looked at after after this game against the Lakers, you know, l- people were l- looking at this box score, and you say, look, Tristan Thompson, 14 and a half minutes, one shot, one of two from the line, really didn't do much, right? Five rebounds, an assist, a steal, a turnover. Blah. Okay? It was a blah game from Tristan Thompson. Uh watching the 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 film and focusing on his minutes on the floor, there were long stretches where he just sort of existed. He just sort of was there he'd set a pick, kind of roll nothing would happen he he wasn't really a part of anything and then you see a stretch there in the third and fourth quarter where his guy's doing a lot of the scoring. Montrez Harrell is getting the ball a lot. And you're like, Jesus, what's going on here? Trez is scoring a bunch on Thompson. But at the same time, I'm looking at the Celtics trying to blitz LeBron and Kemba Walker being in kind of the wrong spot, taking the wrong line coming off of that after LeBron has, has passed it up. I put a thread on my Twitter, Reds Army underscore John. There's a play where Kemba does that and Tristan Thompson comes over to help because Taylor Horton Tucker has gotten the ball with a straight line to the rim and nobody in his way. So Thompson has to come over and help. And then Tucker passes off to Trez. Trez scores. Does it again. The next possession. There's a possession where um, the the Celtics, uh, it was Jeff Teague and Jeff Teague had Caruso and, and, when the Celtics were doubling LeBron or blitzing LeBron, like I guess Teague sort of got stuck in the middle. Like he just froze for lack of a better term. And then Caruso, who was his man, just keeps on going to the opposite corner. Then he flashes to the middle, gets the ball in the paint. Tristan Thompson go, crap, I got to go cover this guy. Easy dump off to Trez. Trez scores. And after each one, Tristan Thompson's like, putting his hands up like, what am I supposed to do here? What am I doing wrong? My favorite one in that thread that I posted, you gotta see the video. Thompson is setting up to run the offense. Teague passes the ball to Jason Tatum and and you can see Thompson like telling him, you're, you're supposed to go there. And Teague, Jesus, mimics the the handoff that he was supposed to run with Jason Tatum after he'd already passed the ball. My point here is that Jeff Teague is, first of all, you know, I'm not going to say it. Tristan Thompson, on top of struggling himself, on top of having a month where he shot 40% and averaged four points a game, is certainly not being done any favors. And when I say that Tristan Thompson needs time, he needs time. And that's especially evident when he's trying to run pick and roll with Kimball Walker. Now, Kimball Walker tends to reject a lot of screens. Or he sets up a screen by looking like he's rejecting it and then crossing back over. And Thompson, I think, is is just starting to learn how to play with Kemba Walker. In a lot of ways, a a pick setter in a pick and roll dynamic like this is like a catcher in a baseball game who has to learn his pitchers and what his pitchers like to throw. What pitches do his guys throw better? What do they like to do in certain situations? Those are important things for a catcher who's calling the game to understand when he's got different guys on the mound a pick setter in in basketball is sort of like that because you have to know when is this guy going to make his break when do I need to be there how long do I need to be there when do I get out of this Where does this guy tend to go how what are his tendencies coming off of the screen where do I need to be to give him the right space to make his move but also catch the ball Thompson is only just starting to get to work with Kemba Walker. They've only had a few games together. Minimal time. No practice time. And Kemba is a much different screen user than Marcus Smart. So, that's just part of the learning curve. And it's possible that, first of all, with Tristan, that maybe the layoff... Cost him uh, more than we thought. Maybe the injury cost him more than we thought. Maybe the situation just isn't fair, and it's just going to be a, a situation where you. How many times have I said have I said it on this podcast? Situation matters, and maybe Thompson coming over is maybe this is just the wrong situation, but there's still so much time to try to figure that out. What do the Celtics now do? Because I do think they're going to need Tristan Thompson. He's stronger. I think he's overall better. Generally speaking, I think he's better. He can do a lot. However, right now, not only is he not being done any favors, he's now making fundamental mistakes. He's not getting his hands up. He's not, he's not staying low and wide. I feel like I'm talking about Robert Williams sometimes. He's not getting hands in the passing lane. He's not... He, I think he's frustrated. I can see a player doesn't run back down the floor on three separate occasions raising his hands because he's in a good frame of mind. It's because he's frustrated, and he's like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? What's going on? So, Tristan Thompson certainly certainly is in a bad spot. Part of it is none of his fault. Part of it is other people's fault. And then part of it is his own fault, but it's a tough, tough situation. So if Daniel Tice is the best center right now and Robert Williams is right there and some of them are playing um, better together, if they're playing better together, then what happens? Do you, do you play those two together? Because you, you, can't, you can't lose too many games because you're like, well, we've got to figure this out. But you also need him, so you do have to figure this out. It's a delicate balance. And the Celtics, in this February stretch, they're going to need everybody. So they're not going to have practice time. Thompson's just going to have to figure this out on the floor. He's just going to have to figure this out. It's a tough spot for everybody, man. It's a tough spot. We'll watch it. We'll keep an eye on everything. We'll take a closer look. Again, go to Reds Army underscore John on Twitter for some of those videos that I shared. Um, it's not an easy solution for Tristan Thompson because I think he's better than he's been playing, but he's going to need the opportunities to, to pick things up. I think if he does get those opportunities and he does pick things up and all of these guys start to figure each other out, then it could be really good. But... He's, he's definitely going to need that time. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet so you can get uh, more Tristan Thompson takes and, and everything else Celtics here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. You regular listeners, a good written review and a five-star rating would be amazing. I love you for that if you've done it already. If you haven't, please do and share the podcast. Tell everybody that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.